I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Realm Podcast for May 17th, 2013, and today we complete our discussion of Buddhism and music. So we're continuing our discussion of Buddhism and music, and um, one simple post on the Dharma Realm Facebook page, and we have all this wealth of of material. Uh, So this is great, so we want to encourage people to, um, if you have questions or, or comments or anything, let us know, email us or post on Facebook. Uh, So this one is a couple things. Uh, They ask, did Shinran Shonin encourage music? Uh, And then um, do we feel that there is a place for music to take a bigger role in Shin Buddhism? And how would you implement that? Yes and yes. And And we're done. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) So the question about Shinran Shonin is interesting. It goes back to our first episode, two episodes ago, when we talked about um, what is the purpose of music? What is music? Certainly, they were doing sutra chanting, Shinran's time. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, the reason why uh, Shinran and Honen were exiled and a couple followers were beheaded was because two of Honen's disciples um, spent the night at the imperial palace while the emperor was away. And it was supposedly because they had such beautiful voices, and they asked them to chant. And they may have been chanting Ojo Raisan. Hmm. Um, so it's really kind of interesting that um, some of the difficulties that the Nembutsu movement, Honen's movement, had with the authorities was music-related, actually. And so actually it's really interesting because oh, they, ch- they were chanting. They weren't chanting sutra. They were chanting one of Shan Dao's texts, the Ojo Raisan, the mm-hmm. praises of birth in the Pure Land. But there was definitely, an, it seems like there was definitely an enjoyment aspect, mm-hmm. almost an entertainment aspect that they were asked to come yeah, yeah, because, because they, they had, had such nice voices, voices yeah. and they wanted to, the court ladies wanted to hear um, singing. Right? And the court ladies got excited. And and, that, well, and they spent the night, apparently, right, on Nakabo right, and the other right, guy. Right. Um, so they got beheaded, and Honan and Shinran and um, some other disciples were exiled. Because so of that. what so you're while saying Buddhism is... Buddhism you know, music is at the root of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to say, you know, we think of, you know, rock and roll stars being like dangerous, you know, they got nothing on these guys. Hojo <laughs> is like, that's yeah. like hardcore. <laughs> so, but isn't it really interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm not sure about Shinran. One thing, though, that's interesting, too, is the Wasans mm-hmm. and or the Shoshinge, right? That Shinran was writing poems, he, so many. He wrote so many wasans, like over 300 in collection of like three major books and some extra stuff. Did So we chant those melodically. Mm-hmm. And some of those right? are chanted in the right? Yeah, Ondoksan is one of his wasans. Uh-huh. So one of the main songs, um, music composed probably in the 20th century, early mm-hmm. 20th century in Japan, uh, and a new version made later, were um, based on one of Shinran's wasans. What, I, what we don't know, I think, is... Did Shinran write those intending them for to be sung? Right. I don't think we know. It does seem that they're written in a style that can be sung easily with Japanese melody. 
um, whether it's Shigin in, in you know current kind of style uh, of this kind of musical recitation of poetry, um, or the chanting that happened later. But Shoshinge wasn't institutionalized until Renyo. Mm-hmm. That's like six generations after eight generations after Shinran. So um, uh, he well he's the eighth. Descendant yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, so, of Shinran, so you know, five generations. Right. So what Shinran said about music, we don't know. Yeah, we, but, I don't think we really but it, know. But he's yeah. definitely part of a larger Buddhist music uh, culture, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we've inherited a lot of that, either directly or indirectly, or in, been influenced by it in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so music, music is okay unless you're using it to entertain the court ladies. In which case, you know, watch your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, I never thought of that until just now, the <laughs> idea that, yeah, yes, it was music, probably, the way we think of music for entertainment. Right, 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 right. right. right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so that also kind of shows that we have to be careful about drawing um, boundaries that are a little too strict. Right. Right. That a lot of times this music, um, I can listen to Tendai Shomyo for entertainment, uh-huh. right? And, or I can listen to it for a class to distra- demonstrate something, and yet feel enjoyment. Sure, sure. Learning to enjoy this music. Just don't play for the court ladies, I'm telling you. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you losing your head. (laughs) All right, so there's, so music is part of, of, uh, music is a big part, I would say, of of Jodo Shinshu in a lot of different ways. Certainly pre-modern. Yes. Yeah. Modern times is like a whole nother bag. Yeah. Although it, it inherits a lot of the tradition, mm-hmm. sutra chanting, chanting of wasans, um, the shomyo, all that kind of thing. And then, but, but once then we get to the whole, modern period, like you said yeah. in the, one of the last episodes, you know, the the Meiji government stops doing traditional Japanese music, starts teaching everybody how to do Western style music. That influences Jodo Shinshu music in terms of all of the service books we have now have gathas that are uh, translated uh, into Western notation and, and so on and. And then also there was movement from within, too, I think, of realizing, wow, Christianity is crazy. It's huge. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. We got to get some of that. Yeah. We got to write these new songs in this Western style to to help spread it. So a lot of the early gathas were actually written in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing that um, the whole history of gathas that we have inherited here in America is very, very interesting. And I think that many people just assume that they were mostly written here and a lot of the early ones are really uh, clearly uh, uh, rip-offs of <laughs> Christian hymn, uh, uh, hymns and spirituals. Um, you know, there's there's old service books that still have uh, um, Onward, Onward Buddhist, Buddhist Soldiers. Yes. Buddha loves me, this I know, and you know, these kinds of things. Um, and some of those were written by uh, Euro-American converts to the tradition in uh, both uh, the mainland US and Hawaii, turn of the tw- early 20th century. Um, you know, and so their reasons for doing that is, is one thing. But a lot of these, too, were written in Japan and imported to America uh, much later, 20s, 30s. Um, so there's, it's not just that there was this uh, desire to make English gathas in America for Americans, but, you know, Japanese uh, gathas were also written, uh, you know, to Western music in Japanese and oftentimes translated into English um, in the American context. Mm-hmm. For more, you can read my paper on this. And, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give you references later. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the right the um, the Japanese language gathas are totally Western style. Yeah, uh, Western style melodies. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole period. I mean, Jap- the relationship of 
music in Japan, not only Buddhist music, but、um, jazz in、mm-hmm. Japan, yeah, yeah. Enka. It's like all of that is just deeply influenced by the Meiji period and um, the, the, uh, um, what was going on in the Meiji period. Literature to、mm-hmm. film, everything, right? But、yeah. um, thinking about music in Japan, I've got a, couple, a book called Blue Nippon, or Ju- Blue Nippon, I guess you could read in English. But it's about jazz in Japan, pre war, I mean, pre, you know, right, from right, early right. on、um, up to modern times. So,、huh. yeah, really interesting. So, contemporary music、yeah. in BCA. You know, before we do that, I thought of another. Um, interesting case of, of Buddhism and music. All right. Herbie Hancock. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.、Um, Herbie Hancock, jazz, quote unquote, jazz musician, but even that could be contentious.、Um, what is jazz? I mean, talking about genre. <laughs>、um, Herbie Hancock, his music is much more than traditional swing jazz, right? He's been at the forefront of several music movements.、Um, he's gone totally electronic. He's gone right back to traditional swing and、um, with like VSOP the, you know, in the 70s. And,、um, well, I mean, jazz. I mean,、Mm-mm. you can't, there's no one thing that's jazz. I mean, you know. Well, this is a whole controversial I, thing. In, I, in that's what jazz, I'm saying. So, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. you just were to say the word jazz, I, you know, to me, that can refer to so many different kinds of music that might. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I've, I've, re- I've been reading a book, reading and rereading a book on Headhunters, which is his、um, mid early 70s album with Chameleon on it.、Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the biggest selling quote unquote jazz album in music history, and yet many jazz critics denigrated it, continue to put it down even to now that it's a sellout, that he made the music purely to, for sales. So the whole issue of jazz fusion, jazz rock, jazz funk. It's like the whole genre issue is huge. Yeah. yeah And yeah.、Um, I, I, I hesitate to just say, well, it, it could all be、position. jazz. No right. way. Right. There are many people that would not consider a lot of his music jazz. No, no, no. I just, meant that, I just meant that there are just so many different kinds of jazz. And to, anyway. An interesting thing about、um, Herbie Hancock is that he's a self identified Buddhist.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, some of his album covers have Buddhist imagery. So, there's an album called Sextant. But he's also got a lot of African imagery. Sure. So, he's really interesting where he's, you know, at that time he took on the name、um, Wandishi.、Uh, and so, he's take, he took on an African name around the same time.、Uh, one of the percussionists, Bill Summers, is like,、um, kind of studied ethnomusicology of African music. They used the、um, pygmy、um, kind of、um, whistling call,、um, opening up the. Remake of Watermelon Man on Headhunters. So, so they did a lot of stuff, very, very like Afrocentric, and we know what we're doing here, right? We're doing African stuff, and yet he was Buddhist at the same time.、Yeah. Nichiren Buddhist.、Uh-huh. Um, and so, there's one of the albums has like a Juzu on it and like a Buddha statue.、Uh, they have a song called、um, Absolute Proof, I think, on the Thrust album that、mm. the drummer, and they converted the drummer to Nichiren too, Mike Clark on the second album, the, the,、mm. that second album of that group. Totally, in the liner notes, he talks about this was related to I went and chanted in a room for 20 minutes before doing the take, chanted the, the Lotus Sutra、yeah. and Myoho Denge Kyo, and then we went in and we got it on the first take. You know, so, like, that song is, and they named it Absolute Proof based on that. This is like proving Lotus Sutra is true, and blah, blah, blah. So, really interesting stuff, this subtext and、um, Herbie Hancock's music. And, and then, but if he doesn't say anything about it, is it Buddhist? You know, so. Yeah, I just had to throw that in there because、um, <laughs> he's a really fascinating figure, I think, in, in music,、um, both on the 
more musical end of what is jazz, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then also on this end of him being a famous Buddhist musician. Yeah. Okay, back to BCA. Should we invite him? I wish you could invite him. Invite who? Herbie Hancock. You want to interview George Herbie Hancock? George Takei can do the keynote and yeah, Herbie yeah, Hancock can you, play. I keep, telling, I keep telling you we should start doing interviews on the show. You don't, wanna, you don't wanna bother people, I don't know. <laughs> All right, BCA. All right. Because the question is about, I think, contemporary. Right, 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 right. Uh, you know, contemporary scene, right? Like, what's going on? And, and is there a place for music in Jodo Shinshu or whatever? Right? right? Yeah. And, 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 and I our, made some comments in a previous episode. Where you said everyone was uncool. And I, I didn't say everyone was uncool. <laughs> I think you're going to get in trouble for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was bemoaning the previous state of affairs, I think. That, you know, when I started in the 90s, uh-huh. I didn't see a lot going on, right? And um, as a minister, too, it's, it's, it's hard to get things going, mm-hmm. right? And yet you have, um, in your travels and researches, have been finding out a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, but I also think it, it, we need to, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> Uh, that sounds just, that sound wrong. Um, the the thing about music and contemporary BCA is I think we get hung up on gathas and we get hung up on what happens during Sunday service. Like Sunday service is like the thing, right? Like that's the thing everybody does. Happens every week. You know, we do the obon or bazaar in the summer, and that's great. But you know, primarily there's this like sort of weekly service thing that's very. Uh, it follows a particular pattern, right? And most of the, mo, you know, uh, probably most if uh, most of the Jodo Shinshu and BCA communities here in the states do gothas as part of that, um, and that's what you described as uncool. <laughs> and in some ways, they are. I mean, there's there are very sort of churchy hymn kind of things, and um, you know, uh, my my general experience of them is that everybody stands up and sort of awkwardly sings off key and you know it's this thing it's very uncomfortable and nobody you know yeah. right so it's kind of weird but i think that we need to be aware of a couple of different things one is that um every bca community is, is different and that some communities have you know much more musical activity both uh in the case of the sunday service but also beyond that mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing is we need to look beyond the Sunday service about all the other kinds of music that are going on within BCA communities that aren't necessarily happening in Sunday service. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Um, and, you know, we kind of have to get, like, get out of our local context, right? Like if we only ever think about the BCA in terms of what's happening here in the Bay Area, we'll miss things that are happening in other parts of the country um, that are really cool. You know, um, I was talking to a minister down in uh, Southern California who tells me that uh, once a year they do a whole music service. They don't do a Dharma talk. They don't do any of the sort of traditional Sunday service thing. It's just music, um, different genres, different styles, different performers. That's really cool. That's really interesting. I mean, you know, maybe the music isn't cool. I don't know. I haven't heard it. So, <laughs> But it's interesting that they're at least sort of trying and experimenting with something. Um, and beyond that, we can also think about different styles of music that happen in a Jodo Shinshu American context, like taiko. Um, taiko drumming is huge in America, um, but taiko is sort of a contentious area because a lot of big temples have a taiko group that's associated with them that will often perform during obon or uh, bazaars. But the group itself might be quasi-Buddhist in the sense that some members are some members of the taiko group are Buddhist or members of the community, others aren't. 
um, you know, depending on the group. And then there's other different levels of, of connection involvement. Yeah. yeah. And then there's other Taiko groups that are not connected to Buddhism at all. So that, you know, that's an interesting thing to think about, but you know, if we sort of expand our view of Jodo Shinshu American music beyond the Sunday service and beyond the Gatha, then we see that there, that there are other musical, um, things happening within the community. And I think that's an opportunity, right? That's a place where we can say, oh, okay, here are people, you know, before in these episodes, you and I were talking about the sort of lack of music education or lack of arts education. Well, you know, we need to find people in the community who already have that and sort of like nurture that and, and find a way to include that. And that will re necessarily require some uh, innovative thinking yeah because yeah. <laughs> you know it, it doesn't necessarily always make sense to be like oh i have i've got a death metal band they should do a gotha like well maybe but <laughs> but uh, you know maybe not or you know you know what i mean like so you were telling me about uh, an experience with uh down in mountain view oh yeah yeah um one thing i want to say is um you know i was kind of critical at the end of the last episode and i still feel bad um but the best thing that would happen would be for listeners to say, no, that's totally wrong. My temple is doing this, or my friend, or I'm doing this. If I heard that, that'd be great. Right? I kind of need to be educated on a lot and, of this. And if too. I heard that, that'd be awesome, because I'm actually doing a research project on this. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, plug. Uh, I'm going to plug that real quick and then say, if anybody's a musician, find me and tell me your story. Yeah. Go on. Mountain View is cool because um, there was a member of the temple um, playing guitar for the Gothas and for the music before its service and during the incense offering. So that's one area where very often we're still stuck in the piano and organ mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and so it's nice to hear uh, different instruments. Um, when I was up in Spokane, someone was playing shakuhachi before the performance with like oh, delay cool. and effects, and that was really cool. What, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like this kind of spacey kind of shakuhachi -like. ambient. Wow. You know, and it was, it was mellow, yeah, but yeah. you know, it was kind of electronic sounding huh. right i think we if someone is skilled in that you know that um it can totally work yeah, yeah, yeah um and then you know again i've been trying to use my bass in dharma messages sometimes so i'd done a seminar on music the previous day so i brought my bass down and um did a few things and um and then i took so one other thing you can do with music is It'd be great if we had our own music written explicitly for temple or as buddhist <laughs> yeah. but we can also take songs that already exist and if we can find a buddhist message like i was talking king's x right the couple mm -hmm. songs there i feel like i could sing as totally like shinshu um but then also like so i took um i don't want to get in trouble for the trademark infringement but um <laughs> i think it counts as fair use okay i'm not a um, lawyer or anything yeah. but <laughs> sly and the family stone there um uh i want to thank you for letting me be myself um and i didn't sing the song because the lyrics are different but the chorus I want to thank you for letting me be myself again, right? Say that to Amida Buddha. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. Amida Buddha accepts me as I am. So expressing gratitude. Mm -hmm. So, and it, the cool thing about it is it's an early, it's like probably one of the most famous early slap bass lines or thump bass lines where you use your thumb. Um, Larry Graham was the bass player for Sly and the Family Stone and he was like an innovator. Um, absolutely like one of the most profound innovations on the instrument of the electric bass. So um, I was trying to play that and sing it. It's kind of hard to sing. <laughs> and then I did my um, uh, call and response golden chain with that too, oh, with, that, yeah. with that bass line um, underneath it. So, so it was kind of fun. So, um, That's cool. Yeah, and I think... See, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to learn. It's, it's hard to... It's an it's a in interesting bass line 
syncopated bass line and then to sing something different on top is really hard. Playing yeah. and singing bass yeah, is yeah. hard. <laughs> I didn't practice enough either. I thought of the idea the night before. So. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing, too, is that a lot of musicians are doing that in different communities of taking, uh, you know, songs that are not necessarily Buddhist and applying them in this particular context. Uh, Peter Hatta, you mentioned him last time, mm-hmm. uh, used to be with the band uh, Hiroshima. Um, he's now, um, he's actually a minister now down mm-hmm. in uh, West Kavina. It's not BCA, but... Um, Higashi. Higashi. Um, And he, for years, has had youth bands, and the youth bands are always doing uh, contemporary pop songs. I know they did a cover of a um, Green Day song. You know, so it's like they're using music that's more of their own time and generation in order to, you know, during services and whatnot. And that's kind of, I think that's the first step because, you know, unless you can find somebody who's really... uh, talented and can create their own music then it's hard to you know you know you know expect people just to compose music right. you know and obviously there are people in the bca like here in berkeley there's a, a fellow named di lewis yeah. um who has he's made making music for 20 30 years i think mm-hmm. um if you know specifically got this for the bca um, mm-hmm. and you know uh just wait 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 a couple weeks ago during the Hanamatsuri service, he unveiled a new song. Wow, um, and actually it was kind of cool because they did, um, he was playing the guitar. Um, I think they had the piano for it at the same time. And then they had two Dharma school kids, one on the, oh, and there was another, they have a choir at Berkeley, um, the Sangha singers. And one of them had a banjo. <laughs> and uh, one of the Dharma school kids was on violin. And another Dharma school kid had a trombone. Yeah. Um, so DI, it was like. DI is amazing. Yeah. yeah so really he brought in like. Pull in all these yeah. different stuff and get them right come up right, with their right. own thing and right yeah, yeah. so i mean that's like a source of you know we can look to that and say okay here's somebody who's doing something different and unique and creative and, and you know tap into that and i know people up in the uh washington uh, seattle are also you know doing stuff and so you know if we sort of look beyond the sort of traditional gatha which i recognize can be profoundly uncool Um, you know there's a lot of other stuff going on Um, but also you know I also just want to say that I think it's important to recognize um, the history of the Gathas because a lot of the Gathas are you know some of them are are newer written you know the the 90s or even more recently Um, but a lot of them were written a lot you know written 70s 50s 60s um, or even earlier before the war right and a lot of people in the BCA grew up with this music like it's it's part of their experience going back to being little kids um and i don't want to disparage that um even if it's not like cool by our you know harry and i's generation x cynical (laughs) bs standards um you know this music is still very important in the community and we you know we need to respect that harry and i did not grow up in the community so we don't have that experience but i think can be really powerful really important um, for a lot of different people. I've talked to people who are from really different backgrounds, like uh, people who are not Japanese-American but still grew up in the community, um, as well as you know, second-generation Japanese-Americans who have the same sort of experience and reaction to some of the gathas, um, which can be really interesting to sort of see that sort of connection uh, across different um, differences that we ordinarily focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually... Um, I like some of the old ones, um, and... Some of it is connected to my experience with members. And I remember when I was still at the Lodi Church and someone passed away and they requested for the funeral, when we see the golden sun. Mm. When we see the golden sun shining far above, we are mindful of the Buddha's love. Um, They wanted that because that was her favorite song. Mm -hmm. And so 
before, I think when we would sing it, I would just be like, we didn't sing it that much, but every now and again we'd sing it, I'd be like, oh, what is up with this song? But yeah, when you have a personal experience, like knowing that she liked the song, my attitude towards the song changed. Mm -hmm. And I like it now. And I'll even request it sometimes at Temple and um, Right Meditation is another one. And they're kind of interesting songs. Um, and so sometimes it's, yeah. I mean, this is Buddhist too. It's not the song, it's me. Right. Right? Coolness has nothing to do with the thing in itself. It's me, it's the society. Right? Um, and so um, that's another thing with all this music is that uh, it's giving us another opportunity to uh, see ourselves and, um, you know, to, to question, yeah. ask yeah, questions, yeah. Uh, to be aware, right? To not take things for granted um, and to, to um, continue our Buddhist practice uh, living in the world. Thank you. 